Welcome to another message from C3 Mumbai. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Talking about perfectionism and uh, this is a good one. I've really been blessed by preparing for this and I know that you're going to be blessed also. Praise God. Last week, uh, what did we talk about last week? Fame. 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 Last week, we learnt about how it, how in all of us, although we may not all be famous, maybe some of us here, I don't know who is famous, maybe you're not, maybe you are, but in all of us, there's this innate desire, these micro-desires for fame, and it comes out in the most interesting and weird ways, and just how it's never enough. This whole series is about how the enemy tricks us into chasing after things that look like the answer, that look like they're going to supply our needs, but they never do. They're not necessarily bad things, not wrong to be famous, okay? If you're at the top of your game, if you're really good at what you do, you're probably going to be famous. It's just what happens in living in society. Nothing wrong with fame, but the problem is, is it begins to focus our eyes off God, off others, and just keeps us on ourselves. And when there's this pursuit in all of us, this micro-pursuit, we begin to look at how can I gain approval, how can I gain people's acceptance, how can I get, how can I get more popular, and there's this, this, this carrot that we're chasing. And it's very easy, it's, very, it's like this very, very little line that we can cross that we don't even know when we've crossed it, but, but we know when we ask ourselves, are my eyes on God right now? And you'll know whether or not your eyes are on God. You'll know. And that's a moment where we go, oh, hold on a second, I'm chasing a carrot. I need to come back. So today we're talking about, we're talking about perfectionism. And this is another thing that ain't a bad thing. It isn't a bad thing to go after something and do it well. Nothing wrong with perfection. Nothing wrong with it. But it's pursuit and the reasons why can be a problem. It's pursuit and the reasons why can be a problem. You know, there's three types of perfectionists. Three types of perfectionists. There's the first one is the self-oriented perfectionist. You hold unrealistically high expectations of yourself and battle with feelings of guilt, often obsessing to the point of inefficiency, you're prone to procrastinate and struggle with deep feelings of inadequacy. <laughs> that was a lot, wasn't it? I'll just let that settle in a little bit. Uh, you know, the self-oriented perfectionist. There's unrealistic, unrealistically high expectations of yourself. Because you feel that you're not meeting those unrealistically high expectations of yourself, it leads to what? A feeling of guilt. Okay, it leads to a feeling of guilt. It leads to a feeling of, 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 of or not a feeling, but this obsession to the point where you just don't get things done. Right? Okay? You're prone to procrastination as a result. 
and you're constantly struggling with this deep feeling of like, I'm just not good enough, I'm inadequate. Can I be honest with you right now? I'm that person, that's me. Okay, that's, that's Ryan Waters. I, I don't do things because I get, sometimes, sometimes I, I can't work out how to do them, so I just don't do them. Anybody else in that boat? Some of you are like judging me right now. Well, you can judge me all the way. I've got something for you too. Don't you worry. <laughs> Your time is coming. Um, but uh, yeah, that's me. I'm like, if it doesn't fit, I'm like, I just don't do it. And then what happens, I have all these little piles everywhere of things that I was going to do, but I'm not doing because I just can't work out how to do them. And there's these feelings of inadequacy that come up as a result. And uh, it's a carrot that the enemy uses against me because he wants to get me into a place where he's saying, yes, you are inadequate, Ryan. And no, you're not good enough, Ryan. So therefore, you should just stop trying. He wants to get you to that place. It's a carrot we have to be aware of. But it comes from something which I'm going to explain. Second perfectionist is the externally oriented perfectionist. Okay? You believe others expect you to be perfect. To cope with the pressure, you often use self-depreciating humor as a defense. You often feel alone depressed and desperate because you know you will never be enough. Okay? You, you believe others expect you to be perfect. <laughs> Some of you are like, ah, you got me. <laughs> got me twice. <laughs> you believe others expect you to be perfect to cope with the pressure. You often use self-depreciating humor as a defense. You often feel alone, depressed, and desperate because you know you'll never be enough. It's another carrot. It's another carrot. It's another lie. Okay, third one. Others-oriented perfectionist. You expect others to live up to your impossible standards because you, lack, you tend to lack empathy. You often tear others down or use abrasive and demeaning humor toward those who don't meet your standards. Anybody had a mum or dad like this? Parents, maybe? Not, maybe some of you. I didn't. My parents were, like, were, were not like this, but I, I know so many stories where the parents have been, they just, there's these impossible standards that are set, and there's a lack of empathy. And uh, you find yourself tearing others down because they're not meeting your standards that are supposed to be perfect. You use demeaning humor towards those who don't meet up to those standards. The problem with these three things, the problem with these three carrots is they're never obtained. They're never obtained. It's never gotten. So you literally become like that, you know, the, the, the mouse on the wheel that's like chasing after the carrot? You're just constantly... And, you, and, and what, it, what it does as a result of never being gained, it leads to emptiness and isolation. Emptiness and isolation. A self-oriented perfectionist will end up with some sort of emptiness and some sort of isolation. An externally oriented perfectionist, that person will end up in some way, in some way feeling empty and isolated. And other, others oriented 
perfectionist will end up, or they will end up, being empty or isolated in one or another way. And the problem is, is when we get into a place of emptiness, and when we are isolated, that is when the enemy comes and begins to speak. He wants to get you to a place, he wants to get you into a, into a moment where you are alone, and so that he can begin to lie. When Eve took the fruit, she was alone. He wants to get you to a place where you are with no one. He wants to get you... That's why you will always find perfectionism will always play out in your relationships. You've got to hear this. Perfectionists will always have a problem with their relationships. And I'm talking to all of us. So all of us fit one of these categories in one shape or form, but you will find it's your perfectionism that will drive you to a place of isolation from others and then the enemy comes and begins to lie. He wants to get you into a place where you are alone. He wants to get you into a place where you are by yourself. And what better way than to use your actions against yourself? That's how he works. I said this last week, you know, with the enemy, with the devil, so often we think of him as this cartoon figure that we can just sort of rebuke, you know, and tell him to go away and, or he's some sort of big, scary, demonic, scary, you know, like kind of growling monster. No, no, he's, he's crafty and he's smart and he knows how to get into your head. Every one of us, he knows your weaknesses and he plays on them. And this... This Chasing Carrots series is, is actually a form of spiritual warfare. I mean, no use going around rebuking devils here, there and everywhere if you don't understand stuff like this. You've got to understand something. The number one area, the number one battleground for you is in here. The number one place for spiritual warfare is in here. That's why we have the Word. That's why Romans 12 verse 2, it says, Don't conform to this world, but, but be transformed by the Word of God. Be transformed. You've got to get it in there, right? Be transfer transformation happens here and here. But perfection always plays out in our relationships always plays out in our relationships. So we'll go to the Bible and see where this happens. It's in, in one of the places that it happens is in Luke chapter 10. And this, excuse me, this um, story is, is kind of being preached about a lot. It's probably one of the most preached about stories. Very short story, but it gives us so much insight into how God works and how we interact with Him sometimes. It's Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Okay, as Jesus and His disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he had said. But Martha was distracted, everybody say, distracted, by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, can I say it in her voice? Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. 
It's the Monty Python's version of the Bible. <laughs> okay. Masa, Masa, the Lord answered. You were worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. Let's break this down. First point, or verse 41, actually, first, I want you to know, when Jesus says, Martha, Martha, he wasn't like this, Martha, Martha. Often we kind of see it like that. If you've read this before, you're like, Martha, Martha, or, you know, like, it's not like that. He, in that culture, that was a, you would only say a person's name twice if you were um, good friends with them if you knew them very well, and you were, it's like a compassionate sort of way of speaking. It's like, it's like that. It's like, Martha, Martha. She would have known, okay, all right, uh, uh, well, well, I need to stop. So he's compassionate on Martha. A lot of the time I've heard this preached about as Martha kind of being the villain in the story. She's the bad one because she was busy in the kitchen trying to prepare. Well, I'll tell you something. Jesus came to your home, Jesus came to my home, I'd be running around, okay? Okay? I'd be stressed out. I'd be like, oh, Jesus is here, okay? Where's the cheese platter? Oh, we got no cheese. Okay, let's quickly call up food hall, uh, nature's basket, and call it in. And Jesus would be like, what? You can call stuff here? Wow, that's amazing. Huh? Mumbai's amazing. <laughs> that's what all our visitors say when they come from abroad. What? You can call stuff here? Yes, we can. Yes, we can. We're very proud of it one of the benefits of living here. You have your comfy country in the West. You don't have delivery men like we do. <laughs> I would be stressed out. I don't know if any of you would be. I mean, I'd be like, where are the nice plates? Where are the nice cups? Oh, we don't have any nice plates. We've got the normal ones. Oh, no. Where are the nice cups? Oh, the maid's broken all of them. I thought we had some wine glasses. No, we don't have wine glasses. I thought we had some. No, the maid broke them all. <laughs> oh, man. Jesus knew what Martha was doing. But he, he was teaching something. And these two women were actually good friends of Jesus. You can, they, they keep coming up throughout the Gospels. There are a few times where we hear about these two women. Um, they were disciples, but they weren't the disciples that followed Jesus around. So whenever Jesus would go to this particular town, he would, he would stay at their house with his disciples. Okay, they, they were close. They knew him. And Jesus was teaching Martha something about her perfectionism. And like I said, it's not bad to be a good host. It's not bad to want to put your nice cups and saucers and cheese platters out for a guest like Jesus. Nothing wrong with that. In fact, it's amazing. But what is Jesus teaching in this moment? He's teaching about Martha's perfectionism. You see, you'll notice in this story that what Martha does, instead of just selflessly serving, had she just come and put it all out and then sat down and not complained about Mary... Everything would have been fine, but what did she do? See, your perfectionism, your perfectionism will always play out in your relationships. It will always play out. And Jesus, he's pretty smart. He catches it. 
Oh, caught it. Okay, I got that. All right, I see what you're doing, Martha. Let's just talk into your heart for a moment. I, Jesus will never, never, ever stop to just talk straight into your heart. He'll just be like, okay, I, what, I'll, and He'll wait for you to do whatever you do in, a, in the way that you do it to, to catch you. Not, not, to, not to be like, I caught you. It's more like, okay, I'm just, hold on a second. Just come here. I'm just going to adjust this. Ow! Oh, that hurt. You know when, uh, like, when, when Willow, um, the, she had this band-aid that she didn't want to take off. And it got so manky and like she had it on for a few days. She had it on, but she wouldn't let us take it off. We got to a point where we needed to take it off. And uh, to take that thing off, it's not a slow prayer. Have you ever tried to take a band-aid off slowly? It doesn't work, man. You've got to take it off quickly and there's going to be tears, right? <laughs> you know, sometimes Jesus does that. And this is one of those moments. He gets, into, he gets into Martha's world and says, hold on a second, I'm just going to adjust you. We don't call this an altar for no reason. It's where people get altered. It's where Jesus does His thing, where He shifts things, and He shifts things. He just does it within a moment. He does it here with, Ma- with Martha. Martha, see, her focus was not on bad things, but her focus was on things that were temporary. Her focus were on things that were eventually going away. Her focus, her entire life was around things that were not going to be there for long. And because her focus was on these temporary things, there was an insecurity in Martha that caused her to stand up to Jesus and dob on her best buddy. Jesus, look at her and look at me. Right? She should be helping me. You know, insecurity is such a powerful force. Causes us to do the most silly things. Me included. And here with Martha, her insecurity which stemmed from what? Stemmed from having a focus on temporary things. Having a focus on food and cheese platters, which last about, well, by the end of the day, the cheese has gone yucky, and your kids have eaten everything before your guests even got there. (laughs) Temporary things. No wonder she's insecure. It's what her eyes are looking at. It's her default. It's what her eye is trained on. When your eye is trained on things that are temporary, guess where it's going to lead? Temporary security. You understand? When your eyes are trained on things that, tra- that are temporary, and this is what perfection does. I want to be the... I want to... I want to... I want to... It's always... Shifting. It's always falling. It's like sinking sand. It's like something that is never, ever going to quite get there. You'll get there and you'll be like, oh, I'm sinking. And, I mean, there's whole industries that are built around this with humans. That's why they keep bringing out new phones. They keep bringing out new cars. Why don't they build cars that last? Because they knew, they know that if they can constantly put something out that, oh, I need that now. 
Because there's this, satis- there's this dissatisfaction in us. Nothing wrong with buying a new car, okay? There's this dissatisfaction in us. Because we've always got our eyes trained on things that are falling, and, and because it's falling, we know it's falling, so we go for the next thing. And we end up insecure. Perfectionism leads to insecurity. Perfectionism leads to insecurity. Martha's focus was on things that were temporary. temporary. But Mary, what does Jesus say about Mary? In verse 41, he says, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things. Man, perfectionism does that. Just running around, doing things and doing things. Verse 42, but few things are are needed. Did you hear that? I mean, this is crazy, but few things are needed. Yes, it's nice to have the nice cheese platters. It's all good, Martha. It's all good, do that. But few things are actually needed. Or indeed, only one. What's Jesus saying here? He says, Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. He's talking about himself, and he's talking about what's not temporary. You've got to hear this. What Mary was going after was one thing. She had centered her whole life at being at Jesus' feet. That's it. She had understood something. She had gotten something. She was more secure because she had centered and trained her eyes on something that never changes, that's never going away, that loves unconditionally, that isn't about performance, it isn't about what you do, it isn't about how you do it, it isn't about any of that, it's just about being at His feet. Being at Jesus' feet. You want to know what security is? begin to understand there's one thing that's needed. Everything else is not really needed. You can do without it. It's not bad, but it's not really needed. It's all good. There's so many things that we chase, that we put on ourselves in our perfection, that we can get that and get that. And it's like running after these temporary things. And we get there and we're like, man, I just thought it would be better. I just thought it would be better. For me, this plays out in, in church life as a pastor, in my performance. I get to certain places, we achieve certain things, and I go, oh, I still feel the same. Why is that? Because I'm chasing things that are temporary. This is all going away. This building, everything, one day will not be here. But we will be standing before God, who has been the same from beginning to end. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is never changing And His love for you never changes. When we begin to understand this, you've got to hear this, okay? When we begin to understand the unconditional love of God is never changing for you, no matter what, you know what you gain? Security. And you're no longer doing things from a place of insecurity. Security. Security. You're wondering why you're insecure? Look at what you're chasing. I'll put it another way. I don't think 
I would easily sit at the feet of anyone, I'll be honest with you. Why? Because that is a very clear picture of submission. I think all of us, if, if, I, if I was to get someone on stage and say, okay, we're going to all sit at this person's feet, we may all feel a little uneasy about that because it would be like the position that puts us in. Okay? If you're sitting at someone's feet, they are very much the master and you are very much submissive. Do you understand the picture? Mary had made Jesus her master, which led her to a place of security. My question to you is, what is your master? Listen to me, you are, you are sitting the feet of, at the feet of something and it is directing your life. And if you feel, if you're chasing after things that constantly make you feel insecure, constantly make you feel fearful, where do your allegiances lie? And all it is, is it's a matter of just readjusting. This is called repentance, it's called turning, it's turning back to God. We are all sinners who have fallen short of the glory of God. We all do something where we kind of move away from God and it's very, very, very quick and very slight and we don't even know that we do it sometimes. We need to constantly, every day, be turning back to the unconditional love of God. And faith starts with knowing that He sees your sin and has forgiven you for it. And it's not about your sin. Your sin is forgiven on the cross. Faith is knowing that your sin is forgiven and you can come back anyway, no matter what. I didn't say it doesn't, you know, you, you, your sin doesn't matter. Your sin matters. But it's forgiven. You can't come back to the cross and ask for forgiveness if you don't know where you're sinning. You've got to know where you're sinning. But security comes from a place, from knowing that Jesus accepts you no matter what. He accepts you even though you haven't performed what you should have performed, and, but you're ready to come back and say, God, I, I'm sorry, I, I haven't performed. I've messed up. He forgives you. He forgives you. And over time, you, you begin to, the desires to sin actually begin to go away. You begin to change. You begin to transform. You begin to leave, of, leave behind all of these sorts of things and you become who God has made you to be. And you do it from a place of security. Listen to me. A lot of you are in approaching God thinking that it's, it's meant to be about you presenting yourself as perfect before God. Please forget that. That isn't the gospel. We wouldn't need the gospel if it was all about you being perfect before God. The gospel is, you are unperfect, He is perfect, He is the perfect sacrifice, He made access, He made the way, He's the one that grants it to you, and it's never changing. That's the gospel. I believe that religion only leads to insecurity because it always puts up things that you have to do that you'll never obtain. Do not do this, be a moral person, do this, do that, do this, do that, blah, 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 blah. Oh, messed up here, what do I have to do? Oh, you have to do more. Insecurity insecurity, insecurity. But in Christ, confidence, because it doesn't lie with us, it lies with Him. It lies with Him. It lies with Him. These are, the, these are the, some of the things that our heart needs that lead us to a place of being a perfectionist. 
We all need approval, recognition. We all need pleasure. We all need security. We all need respect. We all need knowledge. We all need a good reputation. We all need to have control in some sort of shape or form. We all want success. These are not all bad things, but let me tell you something. When these become the main things, when these become, if you're trying to be perfect in one of these area, areas, if you're chasing success, but you're not at the feet of the master, if success is before being at his feet, it's just going to lead to emptiness. It's just going to lead to a place where you're just constantly going to, because success is ever-changing. What is success? There'll always, there'll always be someone that's better than you. I mean, you may not think so, but it's a big world. Choose your poison. We all got these. You know what? They all come perfectly from God. He is the only one that's given you perfect approval. He is the only one that gives you the recognition that your heart desires. Oh, you're looking for it in relationships. You're looking for it in your boyfriend, in your husband, in your wife. Recognition. They can't give you what your heart needs. They might try, but they can't give you what your heart needs. Only God can give it to you. Oh, God changed my husband. No, no, no. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. He can only give you what you need. And God's got a plan for your husband. He's got a plan for your wife, but it's not you that is going to change it. It's Him. It's Him. It's God. It's God. I don't know if I'm talking to someone right now. It's God. He's the one that's going to give you the recognition your heart needs. He's going to be the one that gives you your pl the pleasure you need. You know, you can buy the big screen TV. You can buy the house. You can buy everything. You'll still be unhappy. You're like, oh, what happened? I'm still unhappy. It's temporary. It's rusting. It's fading. Security, respect. See, Mary chose what won't go away, and that is Jesus, which led to security. So what do we have to do? I'm going to close with this. John chapter 15 verse 9 to 17. John chapter 15, verse 9 to 17. <clears throat> As, this is Jesus speaking, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. What was Mary doing? Just remaining in His love. And see the order that, that Jesus speaks in here. First thing that we need to do, first priority remain in His love. Remain in His love. What do I need to do about this perfectionism? How do I keep away from, from chasing after this carrot? Remain in His love. Just remain in His love. When you feel the stings of perfectionism, the sting of isolation, the sting of, 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 of just emptiness, turn. Come to Him and remain. Get at His feet. Begin to do a bit of a self-diagnosis. What what have I allowed to be my master? Remain in His love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's command and remain in His love. I have told you this so that, you, so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Okay, he's talking about commands, all right? What is His commands? Did anybody know? Anybody know? Anybody want to have a guess? He says it, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. 
Okay, now Jesus takes it a little bit step further and he does that adjustment thing again because now he's remaining in Christ. That's what Jesus is saying. And then there's a step further. He's saying, don't be like, don't be like old Martha, remember. You think you can just be you and God in isolation? This is what church is all about. This is what church is all about. Connect group is all about. It's all about us coming together and actually being believers. How do we actually be believers? Well, we listen to what God commands. What does He command? He commands that we love one another. Oh, man, but I hate that person. It plays out in our relationships. Perfection will play out in your relationships. If you find yourself isolating yourself from people all the time, maybe you're a perfectionist. And maybe the enemy is trying to get you into a place where he can trick you to waste your life on things that are temporary. First thing we need to do is remain in his love. It's, that's the priority. The second thing we need to do is love each other. That's the second priority. In that order, okay? The third thing we need to do is listen to this. He goes on. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. Okay, that's the standard. Okay, if you're wanting to know where the line is, that's the line. It's a high standard. That's not something you're going to get by making a resolution. Oh, that's how, what I need to lay my life. No, no, that's, that's not how it works. You need to get before God and begin to realize your weakness and actually receive the faith for this. Okay, you are my friends if you do what I command. Oh, okay, that's hard. Okay, I, lo I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, hear that word, master? master? Anyway, his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything I, that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go, hear this, that you might go and? That's the third thing. Bear fruit. Bear fruit. What's that? What's this bearing fruit? Well, you know what that will look like? That will look like success. That will look like things that you never realized that you could do. That will look like purpose. That will look like, oh man, I, I'm living out some stuff here I never thought I could do. I never thought that I would be able to do this. God is, God is not saying that the pursuit of these things are, are bad. This is not what this is about. But when they are the main thing, oh man, you've got to watch out. See, remain in His love first. And how do you see that it's, if it's working or not? Well, go and have a look at your relationships. You'll see if you're remaining or not. And if you're not, well, then you need to get back and get before Jesus and get, make Him your master again. Repent, get in these feet and say, okay, God, I'm getting into your presence and help me, God, because I need a change here. And what you begin to do over time is you will begin to bear fruit. And you know what? Your wife will notice it. Your husband will notice it. Your kids will notice it. Your boss will notice it. The people that work for you will notice it. They'll be like, Wait, you know, you, I've noticed over the years that you've actually changed. There's something different about you. What is it? Well, you know, let me teach you a thing of you. No, you'll be like, well, I was lost, but now I'm found. I was thirsty, but now my thirst has been quenched. 
by the love of a father who rescued his children, who rescued his child. You'll bear fruit. Remain in his love. How do we get away from perfectionism? Remain in his love. Love each other. Watch the fruit. Remain in his love. Love each other. Watch the fruit. It's simple. It's simple but hard at the same time. It's simple enough for it to be accessible for you to do every day, which is necessary. Every day, we need to be remaining in His love, watching our relationships. And you'll see the fruit. It's guaranteed. You're a tree meant to bear fruit. You're meant to be producing. And this is the only way. Amen? C3 Mumbai is a church in the heart of India's commercial capital, where a diverse group of people brought together to worship God and to pass on the hope of salvation by grace that we freely received. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Follow us on Instagram or tweet us on our handle at C3Mumbai. Hey, it's Ryan here. If you enjoyed this message and you live in Mumbai, we would love to meet you in person. Why don't you come along 11.30 a.m. Studio 10 at Famous Studios in Mahalakshmi.